Welcome to the Connection Project Podcast. My name's Matt. And I'm Lauren. And together, we are bringing humanity together through conversation. Because together, we are stronger. This next episode is going to be mind-blowing, and we are super grateful to have you join us. How good's living, Lauren? Booyah! Welcome to the Human Connection Project Podcast, episode number four. My name's Matt. I'll be your host today. I'm so grateful to be sitting across from the great man, Kurt Vogel. I met Kurt a number of years ago uh, at the South Logan Rugby League Club when I still thought I had the ability to be a rugby league player. (laughs) A lot's changed since then. Uh, Kurt and I have been bumping into each other for probably the best part of six years now. Uh, Learned a lot about him, his learned a lot about myself uh, and also taught me a lot of really, really important life lessons, which I've taken away from his physical training. But before I delve into our connection, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who Kurt is and what he's up to today? This could be a long story, so I'll try and give it two minutes. (laughs) Um, I guess I define myself best as a a coach, educator and researcher. Um, so I'm, uh, I guess, a high-level um, strength and conditioning coach. Um, I, I guess, I'm a sports scientist as well, and that, that's, I guess, the simplest way you can put it. But I do a bit of lecturing. I run workshops. Uh, I mentor um, other coaches, particularly new coaches into the industry. Um, do a bit of business development. Uh, have a couple of different things on the go. Always um, kind of conducting small little research projects and stuff like that as well. Um, And over the last 12 years, I've been a coach. So uh, it's kind of grown from there. And people see me as an athletic coach. Uh, I've worked with uh, veterans. I've worked with children. I've worked with older adults, different populations in in mental and um, neurological and musculoskeletal disorders, cardiac disorders, all that kind of stuff. So I've worked across the the spectrum. um, And where I am at now is um, currently in the process of – working at USQ Ipswich as a senior technical officer full-time, but I also lecture and then uh, coach on the side of that with everything else I just mentioned. <laughs> so, so yeah. you mentioned then coach. Yep. And you mentioned across a lot of queer, uh, you know, different modes and mortalities and, yep. and descriptions. Quick opinion on the life coach industry because <laughs> I know you've got one. <laughs> um, okay, life coach industry. Um, it's really interesting to see life coaches at 23 years of age. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, but just quickly, you are a coach who does physical training. You've done cardiac training. You've literally crossed everything in life. Yeah. Um, the, probably the only thing you haven't done is any formal qualifications in mental health, much yeah. the same as me. <laughs> yeah. So you are the actual definition of a life coach. So what is going on? What is this life coach term that's being thrown around everywhere at the moment, regardless of age? What the bloody hell are they? Well, um, I don't know the exact qualification people can get, but people can get workshops and everything done. So they are a qualified mm. life coach. And it's really interesting seeing these life coaches because they just repeat and regurgitate the information that they've just learned in a course. Rinse rather and repeat. Than, exactly right. Rather than actually have the experiences, have undertaken everything. And it doesn't mean you have to go through everything to be a life coach, but what it does mean is is that you have some sort of experience, you've um, worked around people or been around a lot of people undertaking experiences like that so you get an understanding and comprehension of mm. what everyone is going through. Um, so... 
I think, to be honest, the best life coaches are those that have actually gone through that as well yep. um, because they can touch on their own experiences and, and bring that connection to it um, where people feel like they're being on the same page as well. Yeah, so in, yeah, we've got these um, boys and girls, life coaches, mm-hmm. that have been through one element of life, be it professional career mm-hmm. uh, in sport, uh, perhaps they've had some mental health issues, uh, they've kind of touched into one space and then now educating across everything. And it, it is scary because I get a lot of people come to me uh, after they've been with a life coach for six months um, and I'm most definitely not a life coach, never will be, never have yep. been. Uh, and then I hear what they've been told and even as someone who hasn't got a formal education in the space, I already know that that's wrong. Yeah, um, absolutely. So it is bad. Uh, what's happening at the moment is scary. We've already got a massive rise in the... I guess, the occurrence of mental illness. Mm-hmm. What do you see being the three key factors to the rise in mental illness and mental health uh, in Australia at the moment? Being very nice and specific around <clears throat> a lot of people blaming social media. Mm-hmm. I think it plays a role. I don't think it's the predominant role. Mm-hmm. What do you see the number three or the top three? Top sorry. three. Um, one, I actually... Um, find uh, probably easiest way to explain is comfort zone i think mm-hmm. that's the biggest uh, one of the biggest ones is comfort zone um two um i guess uh lack of um connection this is where technology gets to blame a lot really yep. um so i find that's a lack of connection because um technology uh reduces or diminishes the impact of actually having a full connection in front of them, someone. Yeah. If you – a quick example before I get on to a third one is if, if you try and uh, – we'll use a negative here – insult somebody or tell someone something bad in front of them, you get an immediate feeling of guilt. Get behind a keyboard, man, people rage at it. They hammer it. A lot easier, it. isn't it? Exactly right. So um, there's a lack of uh, connection there. Um, mm. So that's number two. Um, number three, I'd probably say – it is societal pressure. And what I mean by that is everything seems to be an extremist view. It's one or the other. You go to uni or you don't. You mm-hmm. do um, uh, go to TAFE or you don't. Like there's not – you can do anything you want to. Mm. It's it's this pressure that we put on everything. Yep. Um, so the kind of three-prong um, aspect there is if you're getting all this pressure and so there's number one – and you're not able to challenge yourself in a way that you think is number two without the support and connection behind you, number three, then where do you think that's going to lead you? Mm. So. so do you think... <clears throat> and obviously other things are encompassed within those yeah. three, but that's kind of how I... Massively. Do you think together. there is a larger occurrence of mental health or do you think that it is now that we have better reporting factors because if we look at suicides a day, we're at nine now. It's been at eight for a long time. The reality of the fact is we're probably more likely at 12 or 13, mm-hmm. the amount of single vehicle accidents uh, and et cetera yeah. that are getting recorded. Do you think there is a spike? This is the, the debate society is having at the moment. Do you think there is a, a spike in mental health or mental illness or do you think we're better at reporting it now? Um, it's both. 
I believe. Um, mm-hmm. For Final F, I've actually had uh, talked to paramedics about that uh, single vehicle crash stuff, and it's really interesting because they straight away see it and they go, "There's no skid marks." Yep. And so if there's no skid marks, then there's mm. um, no accident. Yeah. Um, but uh, that that's pretty hard for a lot of people to handle straight up because mm. um, they think of an accident like that. And um, but that's beside the point. Um, I do think it's both. I think we're better at reporting for one, but yep. it is worse. Yep. Um, it has become much worse. And uh, if you look at those th- three things I mentioned, all those things have uh, increased. Is, yep. is that um, uh, around that spectrum? So, yeah, it's definitely worse. And particularly if you look at um, – it's not just uh, Australia, but Australia is really bad for it, I think, mm-hmm. is the should be right attitude. Shocking. Absolutely. And so, I definitely but, think yeah. it's increased. Um, yeah. I'm heavily opinionated on that fact, but it's always interesting to see – someone else's opinion on whether it has increased or whether we're just more uh, into the reporting of it at the moment. So we talked about social expectations uh, and how you see that as being one of the top three. Mm-hmm. It is this highlight reel that we're showing on social media. So it's social expectations and social media all coming together. We've got this exposed highlight reel um, and no one's really yeah, – there are people out there, but no one's really showing what's actually going on behind closed doors. Yep. What is – your thoughts around <clears throat> social media and in schools. Victoria's now banned phones. Mm. It's a really hot topic in the Queensland Education Department at the moment. Obviously, we have Life Warriors, which is our school program, uh, and teachers here are very confused. Um, I know you deal with a lot of young athletes. Do you think schools should be banning phones or do you think we should be better uh, as adults at monitoring what's happening? Because I know in the gym world uh the only way some parents can get a session in is if they give their kids an ipad yeah and then automatically they're being judged by other people and predominantly by people that don't have kids Mm -hmm. i see parents come in and put their kids on the ipad all the time and i don't think twice about it because i'm like good on you you're Mm -hmm. getting in for a gym session yeah but i do hear i hear the murmurs under the breath yeah Um, exactly right thoughts around that technology one first of all do you have no idea what they're going through outside of that? Mm, um, exactly. So you can't judge on a uh, two-minute perception either. So, um, but this this links back straight back to societal pressure. If if they have to work to get that money to survive, mm. um, and people are going, you need greater connection with your kids, right? Um, you need to be make sure you're present with them. Yeah, but if you don't have the money to survive, you're not providing a good environment for them either. It's such a catch-22 situation. Yep. Um, so that's why schools are trying to do something about it because it's not that parents aren't. A lot of times it's that parents can't. Yeah. Um, of course they can uh, be present with their kids. Um, the hardest thing in that situation is because of that pressure that they're working so much, yep. um, they just don't have the money to survive a lot of times because we are in a situation where the cost of living has increased. And when people say it hasn't, there are stats around it saying it's increased three to four, five, yeah. like uh, fivefold in about 10 years. And we spoke so. offline earlier about people uh, and how so many Australians in particular go, someone's always got it worse off than you. Yeah. And it's like the worst thing you can say to someone. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, the cost of living's definitely gone up. I, uh, I completely agree. That's why people have their side hustles now. They yeah. They have the side hustle to try and do something. And yeah. It's, it's not about um, trying to uh, But then there's so much pressure money. on you to have a side hustle <laughs> yeah, as well. Exactly right. It's yeah. like no matter what you do in life, there's going to be this pressure building up on you. Absolutely. Um, and it's 
it's so hard to battle. And I think people like yourself, you've got a lot on your plate and I've got just as much. And it's almost like if I'm not working, mm. there's pressure from society. Yeah. Like if I have a day off, I feel like and it's not happening. Mm. I feel like society is like, oh, he's having a day off. Exactly right. Why is he having a day off? Yeah. And it's all in our heads. Yeah, absolutely. And how, right. how can people battle with that mm-hmm. and stay above it? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, um, definitely agree. And so I'm at a point where um, this is – if people follow me on social media, they'll go like – They should. Where can they find you? <laughs> uh, mainly Insta is probably the one I'm probably more prevalent on and it shows how lack uh, how, how much I'm not on it um, is <laughs> Kurt Vogel underscore coach. Um, and they'll probably go, oh, he's only had like two posts in the last month. Um, yeah, it's up, because up game. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's because I actually don't feel that that pressure anymore to yeah. get uh, that information out because I'm actually doing so much more mm. uh, outside of social media. Um, working at the university, I get to uh, mentor uh, a lot of the students, and I'm in a kind of a role where people don't see that as much as yep. a technical officer. They go, "So you're a technician?" I was like, "If you look at all the work around the uni that I do with the students." Um, I think for the first graduating year, I was still mentoring 80% of the students for the next two or three years. Um, so I'm really good mates with um, quite a few of them and I, I still um, talk to them and consult with them and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, yeah it's it's a bit of a um, tricky situation um, because you've got to find uh, – a little bit about yourself in regards to why do you feel that pressure? Um, why do you feel pressure to, uh, I guess, say, continue to post on social media? Some people are really okay and happy with it because that's part of what they do. They go, yep, I want to actually get this out there. Um, that's great. But then they'll feel pressure elsewhere. And why are you feeling that pressure? And to me, I feel it's because they're not focused on themselves enough. Mm. Like the one thing I see a lot, uh, at the moment and as much as we're talking about mental health is the pressure to be in love. Yeah, like massive. Yeah, it, it's uh, there's dating apps everywhere and I'm not saying I haven't been on them. I, I have before. Mm. Um, and But the, the pressure to find love is huge and because uh, we've got that, uh, I guess, imitation behind of, of finding connection, right? But it's not the connection that we need to find. Mm. Um well, people will get into relationships and stay in them even though they're not happy now because exactly right. there is an expectation for you to have a partner in today's society. Exactly right. And it's so, and it's so hard. And I yep. spoke to someone just, just the other week. Um, how old is he? He'd be, he'd be super early 30s, maybe 31 or 2. Uh, and all of his friends are getting engaged. It's like, yep. oh, my friends are getting married. And yeah. it's, so, it's so stressful for him. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, dude, like, if, you, if we break our life up into compartments, so – if we've got an eight-hour day, let's mm. say we're going to live to 100 because mm. ease of mathematics and chances are we probably will at the moment. Mm. If we're living to 100, if we're 30, we're 33% of the way through mm. the day. If we look at an eight-hour day and say if we're 33% of the way through it, you know, let's just round out. Say it's 9.30 in the morning. If I haven't got everything I need to get done in my eight-hour day by 9.30, do I just pack up and leave? Yeah. It's like, no, man, like chill. Yeah. You've got a lot of time left. Exactly right. People are getting married uh, you know, at 50. Mm-hmm finding the love of their life at 50 after being in a terrible marriage for 10 years, getting yeah. divorced and, and finally finding love. So at 31, 32, uh, you know, it, it's all good. Like, Absolutely. It, it, there is so much pressure. You're absolutely right. There is so much pressure on people to have the house, the wife or, mm-hmm. or the husband, yep. the kids, by, all by this certain age. Yeah. And, and the thing is we talked about it earlier is we're putting the pressure on ourselves because the chances of, of Sally across the road actually watching me 
going, oh, Matt hasn't got this, this, this and this yet sorted. He's failing, in inverted commas, at life. Chances of Sally actually watching and making those sorts is almost zero. Yeah. But we think in our heads that everyone's doing it. Mm. And when you look at the pressure, they come down to a little bit of they go, well, uh, the generation before us, I'll get married between 18 and 22. Like, yeah. yeah. But they also didn't have... Because <laughs> they lived to 70. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the, um, the other thing behind that, I believe, is the fact that they were communicating in person all the time. Yeah. And so you actually got to see who a person is um, and get to experience who a person is mm. and not what they are on social media or technology or something like that. And yeah. um, and there was, um, I'm not saying there were also just jobs back then, mm. um, but if you look at the, the environment compared to nowadays, it's completely different. Yeah. And I think we can't compare generations in that sense. No. Um, we are in a generation where uh, I think someone posted something recently called, they called, uh, what is it, 83 to, um, or was it 83 or 81 to 87 or something like that, which I think should just be like 80s to 90s movies, yeah. are called Xennials. Oh, they, God. They, they, yeah, I don't so like terminology. Exactly, I don't know, don't like terminology exactly, yeah. but it's a, the position where you were without technology and with technology mm. and they're the only generation to really do so in that you've grown up through it, so you've also learned through it. So you've yep. got basically the, the balance of knowing what mm. it is without it and knowing what it is with it. Whereas if you look at a, a generation before that, they're a bit, ah, oh, this technology yeah. thing. And well, then they look at yeah. the new generation, they're only technology. So you can't compare generations. And you I really think can't. that comparison is where the societal pressure comes into it again. And I think that's why it's going to take a generational switch to uh, you know, to solve the epidemic we're faced with for mental health. And it's not going to be my kids and it's probably going to not be the kids to follow them, but maybe yep. my great-grandchildren. Exactly right. Um, but I think with technology is we're so quick to point out the negatives. And I'm going to mm -hmm. use the most obvious example I can, 5G. Yeah. The new network. Everyone's, everyone wants to jump on how bad 5G is for you. But think how many lives 5G is saving as well by connecting communities that now have access. So Johnny out in the bush mm -hmm. has a heart attack. His 5G connection is the only reason he's been able to call for help, get the chopper in, pull him out, save yeah. his life. But we're all jumping on 5G. These 5G towers we're seeing over the city are the worst thing that could ever happen to us. And it's kind of like we need to find a balance as a society to allow technology in. Mm. It's got to be like <clears throat> someone's, someone told me this a while back now. It's this Weybridge. You need to have this Weybridge of use technology mm. as long as we're getting off it. Yeah. And one, quick, one little point here I want to make is um, people just saying how 5G is bad for you. Um, I'll question this on you as well and see if you, if you have any background on it. Do you know why they're saying 5G is bad for you? There, I've had a few people in my life that are very against 5G. Because um, I want to give a bit of background on this. Yeah, I'd like to get your context because yeah. I've read both arguments yeah. um, about the obviously the rays or, or whatever the terminologies that are put out from it. Yeah. And then I've also read um, government has released some papers recently on how that's false. Yeah. So uh, if you look at 4G and 5G, right, they're radio waves, mm -hmm. right? So um, now I guess my background is um, I, although I've just need to finish the paperwork for it, um, radiation safety officer because I have to run some stuff with radiation mm -hmm. um, at work. And um, uh, radio waves are radio waves. There's a slightly higher frequency within radio waves, but radio waves are healthy, right? So mm -hmm. they're within the spectrum of healthy. Um, so if you're listening to a radio, like – uh, are you worried about that affecting you? That, that's all 4G and 5G is really. It's mm. still within a, a safe spectrum. So it, they haven't, it hasn't 
exited that spectrum onto yeah. the next one. Um, it hasn't uh, proceeded onto another level of wave, which has now become bad for you. It's still within radio waves. And that, mm-hmm. that's where I see 5G isn't as bad as people are saying. Because people will tell you that 5G is used as a weapon of war. It is not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we could go down that we could yeah. go down that rabbit hole for ages, um, but we do try to keep these bad boys under under about half an hour to keep yep. people uh, engaged, which yep. doesn't always happen. Um, but a couple of things that I wanted to get your opinion on, Kurt, uh, and the first one of that is going to be around this serotonin, and I know this isn't your space directly, um, but as one of the smartest men I know, I'd like to get your opinion on the matter. Is the relationship between Three neurotransmitters, cortisone, mm-hmm. melatonin, and serotonin. Mm-hmm. So melatonin, sleepy hormone, puts us to sleep on hormones, probably not the right word, but it's the sleepy, the sleepy factor. Mm-hmm. I read a paper the other day and I tried to search high and low to find its credibility and could find none, mm-hmm. which talked about melatonin, when the skin touches you in the morning, turns melatonin into serotonin. You talk about sun? Yeah. You say when the skin touches you. Sorry. When the sun, <laughs> when sun yeah, touches you. Yeah. Um, I read a, a whole paper on it. It was probably 48 iPhone screens long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I searched for about an hour. It was a car trip, so I had some time up my sleeve to find its credibility and could find none. Yeah. Um, but then I spoke to, um, as a part of a business group, I mean, there's a scientist who is a mushroom scientist mm-hmm. out of all yeah. things. Uh, and he has the facts back it up that this is how plants work. Yep. With the vitamin D, the, the chemicals changing, et cetera, et cetera. Thoughts around that? Um, no yeah. one's holding you to this as no, well. No, right. it's, um, again, it's one of those things where uh, you actually have to look at, um, I guess, not the exact evidence or research evidence behind it, but when you go back to even uh, looking at, I like to look at, say, Eastern um, methodologies a lot. Yep. Um, and I believe they'll, they'll talk a little bit about uh, not exactly vitamin D, but essentially the importance of and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, and how, how important it is for you. When you look at the, I guess, chemical breakdown of it off the top of my head, um, I can't be too sure about exactly what happens. But if yep. you look at um, not just, uh, say, vitamin D, but um, the other things involved around that as well, um, like your calcium, that which, yeah. which is important for that vitamin D absorption too, mm. Uh, it's not just the uh, what people think is physiological chemicals, yep. but they, they are physiological and that's what affects mental, right? Mm-hmm. So when you look at something like that, the skin that touches your... <laughs> damn, no, uh, I've done it <laughs> The sun that touches your skin in the morning. Yep. Um, well, because a lot if, of people use you, it for the circadic rhythm, but I wanted to find... I wanted to find that deeper. So if you look at anyone in the morning that goes, uh, okay, if they stay in their room for 15 minutes versus, uh, so actually if they block out curtains versus non-block out curtains Mm. um, and they walk outside within the first five minutes versus they take half an hour to walk outside, you'll notice a difference in the energy level straight up. Yep. Like the people that are able to walk outside straight away and actually take a little bit of time in the sun, you'll notice those people generally probably won't need a coffee to prep up. They like a coffee to prep up because mm. it's a habit. But yeah. um, that immediate action of the sun on your your energy levels yep. is huge. So um, that's not even talking about mental health. Yeah. So Well, that's how um, I got to this this article. Yeah. I was reading <clears throat> uh, I was reading around the sun and the and the circadian rhythm and the energy levels. 
and I wish I could find it again. I will be able to track it down somewhere, but it was super uh, high level to the point where I Googled a few of the terms. And I was like, oh, all right. Um, but they were saying, obviously, the energy is increased, but they were trying to justify uh, why the energy was increased by this, the drop and the change and, and all of that stuff. So it was an interesting topic. Uh, without going down that rubber hole any further, let's just call it and say, Sun's good. Get in the sun early morning, first five minutes. <laughs> yeah, and, let it touch your skin. And one thing is, people will be going, yeah, but energy levels like calories. I was like, no, not not yeah. calories and stuff <laughs> like that. So um, you've got to look at how it affects uh, your mind in regards to yeah. uh, alertness. Basically, alertness uh, is what we're talking about with energy levels. Not just yeah. you're burning more calories because you're yeah. in the sun. Calorie in, calorie out, man. Uh, yeah. Um, and the second thing, so that was the first thing I wanted to get your opinion on. The second thing was diet and yep. the way that there is now. Oh, flexitarian, vegan, pescatarian, dairy-free. Like I could just rattle off a thousand different diets. Do you think the fact that we have come from essentially everyone had the same diet a couple hundred years ago to now everyone's got a completely different diet? So many people are tailored, some people aren't tailored. Do you think this diet and this nutrition switch we're having as a society is playing a leading role in our mental health? Um, yes and no. Um Knowing the fact that I think the research community is putting all these terminologies onto things mm. um, because they need to define stuff, right? And we're in a community that has to define things. As soon as you take those definitions out, what is nutrition, right? Mm. So you don't have to have a specific diet and you talk to uh, good dietitians around and they don't talk about having a specific um, diet per se. It's, it's eating what is going to be functionally healthy for you. And so... Um, there's everything around. Again, it links back to that societal pressure. But defining things, as soon as you stop defining things and mm -hmm. comparing things, then it's amazing what you actually eat. And uh, some people eat, say, vegan for uh, ethical purposes and stuff like that. And that, that's fine yep. too. It's, it's not um, – a bad thing to go that route either. Like mm. you can choose whatever you want, but and so, so many people have intolerance as well too. So, but food is a, a, a massive one that uh, links to overall health, um, both physical and mental. Yep. As soon as you, and people look for these big, oh, I need these superfoods. I need these superfoods. It's going to yeah. make me so much better. Again, that's society pressure because of marketing, right? Mm -hmm. um, we could hammer on the marketing game all day long, but yeah. marketing is a good thing and a bad thing. Yep. Um, when you uh, decide to go, okay, I'm just going to add some more uh, vegetables to my uh, nutritional lifestyle rather than diet per se, mm -hmm. um, immediately within well, uh, immediately within seven days, uh, the counteractive, um, within seven days, you will feel happier and healthier. That's the only thing you've changed. Yeah. Um, and if that's not saying something about not just food but habits, then um, then I don't know what does. Well, it's like people that are losing copious amount of weight on the intermittent fasting. Yeah. Are they losing it because they're by virtue eating less calories, mm -hmm. or are they losing it because of the you know the purpose behind intermittent fasting? Yeah. Or is well, it a combination exactly. of both? Well, um, research dictates that it's purely calories and calories out, right? Yeah. But the intermittent fasting, it's not about um, the fasting helping you to lose weight. It's about creating a habit that suits your lifestyle. Mm. Because how many people do you know that don't like breakfast in the morning? Yeah, but, sure then, but they'll have a triple shot cappuccino. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, um, uh, but at the same time, they feel more comfortable to do that mm. than 
consume those three meals a day. Yep. And so it's it fits in with their habits better yeah. than anything else. And it's I mean, as much as it's lower calories, it's probably what suits them better yeah. because that's how they feel. Because some people go, I like brekkie and lunch, but I don't eat dinner much. Yeah. There's your fasting window. Yeah. Because and now you get that fasting window because you've they feel that there's got to be a definition behind it now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, there, there are some important uh, aspects behind fasting as well. Yep. Um, but in regards to weight loss uh, or fat loss, it's mainly calories, calorie out. Yeah. So this is when they start putting titles on anything in life, it starts getting confusing. Absolutely. Um, so that almost wraps us up. But before we wrap up, we are cautious of time. The element of human connection and, and the obvious importance of it and the fact that we are not putting as much importance on it today as what we need to, from a purely um, education viewpoint, how can someone, you know, if they're perhaps themselves experiencing isolation or they know someone in their life is experiencing isolation – What's one of the best steps they can do moving forward in your personal advice? Uh, this, I like to always provide multiple answers, but I'll, I'll actually you don't start. Have time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll actually start uh, by saying this is actually just reach out to a friend you um, think will listen. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the, that's the first thing is is just reaching out to someone you trust that you think will listen, um, and it could be something say as simple as going, "Hey, I'm really struggling. Can we have a chat?" Yeah, something simple, and and being a person that you trust, they'll absolutely yeah. say, "Yeah, no problem. Let's let's have a chat." And that's probably the easiest way I'd say. And it, it's a it's a hard step to take. It is, but it's this is the hardest. This is where you can go from. Uh, the positive about social media, right, and yep. technology is you can actually message that instead yeah. of call because yep. calling is harder to say that than it is to message. Yep. So if you message that to begin with and they said, yep, let's chat, you might feel more comfortable to message rather than chat to begin with and there's the first step. Absolutely. And then the important step after that is then um, one, is either chatting a per- person or two, actually take steps and see a psychologist to go, okay, I've taken these steps, mm. how do I... Um, well, there, yeah, there's a couple channels we could go down there. Mm. So the, the first one was trust. So I have an equation for trust. So trust yep. equals intimacy times consistency. Yep. So an intimacy isn't getting between the sheets with someone. It's yeah, knowing exactly. uh, facts about their life and what makes them tick and their cat's name and how their mum is and, and et cetera. And then doing it time and time again. So as a society, we're trying to earn people's trust now as if it's a commodity. Yeah. Uh, and the second one was to our listeners, really important one. If if someone does reach out to you uh, with their struggles, is please don't try to solve them for them. Sit with yep. them, uh, sit next to them. Sometimes even just in silence. And by having that other person next to them, it can mean uh, that they're they can find their own solutions. And then you're just there to help them. And in life, it's all about a a, a hand up, not a hand out. And that's probably the biggest takeaway for us. But Kurt, in in Finalizing. I was going to say, can I tell one story before we head off? Please. Yeah. And so this is um, that comes down to what you just asked, yeah. right? Because one thing um, I do actually uh, tell people if they've come to me for advice and I say, um, if they're listening, I say, can I offer any suggestions? And they ask for, and they go, yeah, sure. And I say, actually join 
some sort of group fitness class. Yeah. Um, and why? So I worked with a, within an annual veterans program a few years ago. And that was sponsored by an insurance company, AHM. But yeah. we had to write the programs <laughs> um, <laughs> um, for the year. There's myself and another guy called Andrew T. Now, we had this whole program set up for the year, nutrition workshops, um, psychological workshops, um, gym programs, cardio programs, social games, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And about three months in, um, we introduced badminton. <laughs> to, yeah. These are veterans um, uh, aged between like 65 to um, 85. And anyway, they, they loved it. Mm-hmm. And what we did over the next uh, nine months was pretty much scrap most of the stuff and put gym as optional. Um, we did one yoga Pilates a month and then did one workshop a month on the uh, mental health because I had to make sure they kept that in check. Yep. Um, and at the end of the program, we got commended for having the most successful program for um, their mental health, but physical health. And they wanted to use our program from there on in. And we said, oh, they just played badminton for like nine months. <laughs> and they go, no, that's, but so we used the program. It's like, no, no, they just played badminton for like nine months. Yeah. And that was it. That exactly. Was the program. And that was, that was pretty much the first time I kind of realized how important actually having that social connection is, right? Yeah. I didn't put it all together straight away. Um, but that's why I recommend people go out and join a group fitness class. Yeah, uh, community. As much as um, I'm in athletic performance and a lot of people like to rag on stuff like CrossFit or F45, um, I think it's a great way to start because you get people around you that are supportive. And if you're going to join any CrossFit gym, which one CrossFit to be? <laughs> um, I've done a little bit of um, work for CrossFit Cooperoo, but it's not – um, doing things because it's a business, it's because I believe in what they stand for. Yeah. So, um, and one Absolutely. of the biggest things is uh, community. Mm. So, um, so if uh, if your friend asks for any help, um, rather than just listening, uh, I'd say um, just join somewhere social. Yep. Uh, it, do, it doesn't matter if it's fitness. If you don't like fitness, fine. Something else. Just a group of something you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And something you've got some passion around. Exactly right. So. Uh, exiting advice so a lot of people listen to our podcast um, I've built this podcast as a platform so if they are driving they are at home that they're not alone they've got us in their ears Yep. so if someone's listening today and they do feel as though life isn't going the way it should be for them what's your passing uh, advice for them on the way out well I'd I'd say I understand that um, life happens to everyone and we need to understand that it's accepting that something has happened to us and moving forward through it Uh, because regardless of how bad it may seem, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, All we have to do is start taking small steps. Um, So... It's not about everyone else is going through this. You're going through this. Make one small step a day, which mean, might mean just I'll go for a 10-minute walk. Mm. I might reach out to a friend. Um, anything to break that cycle you're currently in because you're probably in a negative feedback loop, unfortunately. Yep. So anything to break a habit. And the fact of the matter is everyone has a routine. Absolutely. It's just whether you have a good one or a bad one. Exactly right. So I think that's a really great piece of advice there, ladies and gentlemen, is take that first step. It doesn't have to be a big stride. It can be a very, very small step, but uh, make sure you do take it. So, Kurt, thanks for having uh, the time 
to sit with us today and, and discuss how good living is Honored and to be here. human so connection. Thank you so much. Very intelligent man who I've learned a lot from over the years. So it's it's really um, yeah, really grateful to have you talk to our listeners today. But if you are listening to this and you have felt you had any uh, key questions, uh, takeaways, or anything you wanted to discuss, make sure you do reach out to us uh, on the Connection Project underscore on the socials or reach out to Kurt directly. Uh, Kurt Vogel underscore coach. That's it. That's it. And please, guys, if you feel like you need help, the best place we can send you today is to call Lifeline on 13 11 14. And if you don't have someone in your network you can speak to, those guys are fantastic. Thanks for listening and remember, how good's living? Always make sure human connection is of top priority. Guys. Thanks again for tuning into yet another amazing episode of the Human Connection Podcast. I hope you got as much out of that episode as I did. And as always, if this has stirred up any emotions with you, we recommend giving Lifeline a call on 13 11 14. Stay tuned. Next week, we've got another awesome podcast launching. We can't wait to have you join us. How good's living?